WPLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. You know, I had this cheer trying to get somebody to make some noise. It's sad. Sick me, really. They have held their own again, and now they're having fun. Gerard, another perfect lob to Sidibe. Just be Alabama. Just be one of the five most tradition-rich programs in the history of the sport with the greatest coach ever. Awesome. See Buddy throw it up. Oh, okay. Okay, Buddy. Somehow they coached me into doing this. To the rim for Gurrier. Still at his feet. He's going to go all the way. It's a touchdown. Taj Harris, Culpepper found him with a beauty. 69 yards. Nice. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of Orange Nation on ESPN Radio, twitch.tv slash Talk, ESPN Syracuse.com, ESPNUR.com, the ESPN app. Wherever it is that you're listening, thanks for joining us. Maybe you're listening to us not at noon Eastern. You're listening sometime in the future on our podcast. Thanks for jumping in and joining the show today. We've got a lot to get to. Alan Griffin going to join us in about half an hour or so. My Brooklyn Nets making a big trade, so we have to talk about that, of course. James Harden heading east. But if you're watching on Twitch, you see this already. Uh, We have Stephen Fonte. Back in in the room, he he's here. He's back. He's still alive. He's he's all right. Everybody, welcome. <laughs> I am alive. Uh, good to be back. I guess for what two more days, and then you're you're leaving me. Is that what I hear? I take a few days off, and you decide you're you're leaving. You know that was it. You you stuck me. Uh, you know with with Mike and alone on Monday, and then with with Mario on Tuesday, and I was just like, you know what, I I, I gotta go. You did some soul searching. You're like, I've had enough. <laughs> No, no, um, that's not. No, it. I'm. I, you and I have talked throughout the week. I am. I am very happy for you. Um, certainly going to miss you. you. You do keep my my record uh, intact of everybody who works with me. Uh, inevitably uh, leaves, and um, I guess you're not quite leaving the business altogether, but you're 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 leaving the sports talk radio thing uh, for now, and that's that's been a theme with all of my past co-hosts. But um, I, I'm really happy for you. It sounds like a great opportunity. And uh, and I'm gonna miss you. And now you you know you're giving me you're giving me Polly come Monday. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, that's what I'm told. Yeah, that's what I'm told. The the initial plan is, but you know I don't I don't know if you read the story yesterday on Syracuse.com. Uh, Steve Polly has vast responsibilities that he must t- I saw uh, that. that he must tend to. That. So uh, you don't I know how long no, it's I've gonna been, last. I've been in- I've been in touch with Polly as well. I'm I'm joking. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I know uh, you know Polly. Uh, is going to bring a lot to the table as well in, with his vast responsibilities. Um, but I, I certainly am going to miss you. I, I'm, I'm only coming on for a segment today. As, as you said yesterday and Mario said yesterday, I'm day to day. So I, I got to work, work back into my, you know, game shape. You got to get, get my conditioning back. So I'm just going to do a segment today just so everybody's like aware. I know anytime you're out these days, people assume it's COVID related. I'm just letting everyone know it's not COVID related. I appreciate all the concern I'm I'm fine, relatively speaking. I have some sort of disc slash pinched nerve situation going on. It's been very painful. Um, I'm I'm okay. I'm definitely okay laying down. I'm relatively okay standing. Sitting is very difficult for me, so I can only sit in short spurts. If you're watching on Twitch, you can tell I'm holding my left arm like just still. 
um, because if I move it, I'm in a lot of pain. So uh, I'm not going to miss your last show. I will be back tomorrow. Uh, I, I can't miss your last show, but I, I've been hurting this week, and, and I do appreciate all the concern. But I'm alive and well. I'm a little bit better, starting to get some feeling back in my hand, which is a good thing. And uh, and I'm gonna uh, I'll play hurt for you tomorrow, Seth. Well, since thank it's your last you. day. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you playing through the pain. It, you know, it's today. Today's like that conditioning assignment, right? You're you're just getting yeah, up to speed. Right. You're 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 dipping your feet in the water. Maybe you're at the AAA team playing a couple innings. Uh, t- tomorrow you'll be back yeah. and, and doing the full uh, the full two hours. Have to ask before we jump into uh, any basketball talk. Uh, this comes from CBW on our on our chat. Uh, is the nerve issue due to practicing the Macarena? No, <laughs> I did see that though. I got a good laugh out of that. Um, that that is uh, that was not a result of me practicing. I don't know what happened to be honest with you. I woke up Sunday morning. I think I slept wrong. Uh, to be honest with you, and it sucks getting old, Seth. Um, but I, I woke up in excruciating pain on Sunday, and uh, I don't exactly know what caused it, but it was not uh, practicing the Macarena or any sort of dance moves. You do not want to see me dance, so it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I'm not picturing them making you do something like that on Bridge Street when you uh, when, when you get back to, to going there. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk basketball a, a little bit while we had you on, and, and first we had the the UNC game the other day, and then last night, uh, or not last night, yesterday afternoon, a little later in the afternoon, you get the news that Georgetown is going on pause due to COVID issues. Um, and it just seemed, you know, to me, the Georgetown thing overshadowed things for a little bit. You know, we had kind of gotten past the the Syracuse loss to UNC and what's the output, uh, you know, what's the uh, fallout of that now losing two out of three coming off of a two-week pause and I got into this point where I was like oh great now they're going back on pause because they just played a team that now has positives in their program and and the good news I would think Steve is is that Jim Beheim told Brent Axe this morning and you'll hear it later on ESPN radio that Syracuse won't be affected by this and that Georgetown's situation does not uh, does not affect Syracuse so that's obviously a, a positive note. Yeah, and I spoke with Jerry McNamara right before we came on the air here. We we did our, our weekly television interview with Jerry, and that'll air tonight on News Channel 9 between 7 and 7.30. Jerry told me essentially the same thing. Um, he said, you know, you, you hold your breath anytime you take tests these days, but uh, they're expecting to play. They're not expecting uh, to be impacted by the Georgetown situation at all. Uh, he said so far so good with their test results this week, and and so it is all systems go at this point. Um to, uh, to take on Pittsburgh this Saturday. So, yes, good news from Jerry, good news from Coach Bayheim. Uh, Jerry said they are practicing today. Yesterday they were off. It was a scheduled day off. I asked him if they're practicing. He said, yep, that's the plan. So, uh, so yeah, they're, they're back to work. Yeah, and that's a great thing because, you know, you look at the team right now, they've lost two out of three. And, and um, here's where I would frame the game from, from Tuesday night, and I'm curious if you agree with this, but Mario and I talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, that's a game that was imminently winnable, right? And and we thought that going in, we thought going in that that was a game that this team could uh, could handle, could grab. And coming out of it, given the way it played out, I don't feel all that differently. However, uh, had they not blown an 18-point second-half lead to Pittsburgh and had they won that game, I don't know that there's much concern about losing to North Carolina. You know, it's, it's not a loss that's going to torpedo your season. You just kind of felt like you needed something really in the plus column after the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, and, and I'm not all that surprised what happened on the backboards. Obviously, it, you know, North Carolina is one of those teams that is is tough for Syracuse to handle given their size down low and given the fact that they don't have Barama. And when we found out Barama wasn't going to play, 
I, I I thought Syracuse was going to be in a whole lot of trouble. Now they surprised me to some degree because I mean that that game went right down to the wire. I mean they were dominated on the glass. You look at the three losses, Seth. Syracuse has been dominated on the glass in all three. Rutgers yes. game, Carolina game, Pittsburgh game. They lost the battle on the boards by sixteen or more in all three of those games. In all three. And I know Rutgers. They were you know, in every one like a one or two possession game, but it was uh, the Rutgers was was right there for the taking, and and certainly Carolina and Pittsburgh were. So um, I do think that that there is something encouraging hidden behind you know that whole situation and in those three losses, the fact that they did get crushed on the glass, but yet those were still close games. If they can close the gap on the backboards. Again, that could make a big difference, and I think that's one thing we're certainly going to have our eye on Saturday at the Peterson Event Center. Can Syracuse close the gap on the glass? Um, I think they're a better team than Pittsburgh, with or without Barama. If they're able to, to close the gap on the glass, I, I think they, they bounce back with a win. But um, I do think that's encouraging to some degree because it shows that offensively you're able to make up for that. You're, I mean, there was that one possession, Seth, that, that North Carolina got like seven cracks at it and right. ended up not scoring. You can't give a good team seven cracks at a, at a basket. Um, and, and that was a theme throughout the night, that it was second-chance points, it was offensive rebounds. Um, and, and for the time being, again, there, there's no Barama. You and I talked about this a month ago when it, when he was ruled out. And we heard you know from the university and Brad Pike saying four to six weeks and you know four weeks is reasonable. And we both kind of looked at each other and we said, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be surprised if we see him back in four weeks. And then sure enough, he was back practicing – and now it's just he's he's not ready, and and I'm I'm I wish I could say I'm surprised by that, but I'm not. I mean, it was to have surgery, and to, it, it's it's a tough injury to come back from in the short term. Long term, you know, I I do think he's going to play at some point this season, but it's not like you can just snap your fingers. Four weeks is up; he's going to be ready to go. And we've obviously seen that that he's been game time decision after game time decision. And then Jim Beheim saying the other night, "I'm not a doctor, but I know he can't play right now." Right. I mean, I I think that we you know I. I it was funny. I was talking to somebody off air and I was like, you know, I, I hate to say like, hey, we were right about an injury and you hate to that that a kid's out for longer. But I, I think that we were kind of we kind of nailed that. Right. Like we were kind of on that from the beginning where it just seemed a little ambitious. And, and now you're in a situation where every day you're left hoping that he can be there for you. You're left hoping and and just kind of waiting to see. And I'd imagine that in some ways um, this might be an even more difficult way. Of, of having to coach a team and get a team ready for a game or, or game plan for a game from a coaching perspective because at least, you know, uh, on December 14th, and I'm just picking out a month ago today, on December 14th, you knew Barama Sidibe wasn't playing tonight. But on January 14th, maybe he's playing tonight, right? Like, you, you don't know. And I'd imagine that that spot that you're in now, even though, yes, he's closer to coming back, that spot you're in now, I'd imagine, is a little more difficult. Yeah, uh, no, there's no doubt about that. Um, but I, I think they need to operate under the assumption that he's not playing, and they got they got to figure it out. And I did ask Jerry that today as well. Um, and you know, he said it's it's got to be a team effort. It, it can't be just Quincy. It can't be just Marek. It's got to be the guards as well. It's got to be Alan Griffin. And to Alan Griffin's credit, he's been rebounding from day one. Uh, everybody's got to help out and and get on the backboards to to close the gap. You're not going to win the rebounding battle. Um, against bigger teams, although they did against Georgetown, which was one of the reasons they won that game. Um, but instead of losing it by 18, if you lose it by six or seven, you win. It makes a big difference. You, you win, right? I mean, it, you certainly win the Pittsburgh game. Um, you know, Rutgers was was a toss-up, and, and I think Carolina was a toss-up. 
but you, you certainly win the Pittsburgh game. And, and I think that, you know, you, you have to expect right now you're going to get out rebounded, but you, you can't get, you can't get crushed on the glass. You have to keep it, you know, relatively close. I'm with you there. Um, uh, Easier said than done. I know. Of course. I, I know we only have a couple more minutes with you. So I want to, um, I want I want to transition and just get your thoughts on the James Harden trade because you know that happened yesterday. Uh, the Nets finally uh, finally ending up with him. It felt like this was going to happen for you know the last uh, month or so, two months since James Harden kind of made it known that's where he wanted to be. Um, and and as much as I'm curious to see how it plays out on the court and what it looks like, and you know if Kyrie Irving ever comes back to the team and what you know how dynamic that offense can be. The thing that I'm taken aback by most, Steve, and I, I don't know if you feel this too. The idea that like and and you know you say this knowing all of Nets history, the idea that in the last 18 months, three of the top let's say 15 to 20 players in the league were like we want to go to the Nets, right? <laughs> like like that they actively sought out the Nets is so mind blowing to me. Like it's just not something they've ever had in their franchise's history. Yeah, and I know you're a fan, and so I I'll give you my thoughts on this. Uh, my thoughts on this are I. I I'm curious to see how it works. And we talked about this when they, when it was first being reported that he wanted to go to Brooklyn. You've got Kyrie Irving that needs the ball in his hands. You've got James Harden that needs the ball in his hands. You've got Kevin Durant that's, you know, let's let's face it, Kevin Durant's a, a little bit of a diva. You've got you've got three divas on that team right now. They need, you know, Durant doesn't need the ball in his hands as much as the other guys, but Harden and Kyrie like they need to have the ball to be happy. Do you think this is going to work? Because I've I know they're great players, but I this is you don't just throw those three on the court. You roll out the ball, you snap your fingers, and everything's perfect. I think there's going to be a little bit of a transition here. Maybe it will work. I I, I don't know how well these three superstars fit together though. I have no idea, and and I think that that's part of the whole mystery of it. Um, and and the one that the the thing that I would probably look at the most, the team that I would compare it to the most, and and I don't mean. Um, by level of player, because I think in the grand scheme of things that there, you know, LeBron is on his own level. But that Heat team that LeBron joined and Chris Bosh joined, um, you know, Dwayne Wade needed the ball to to be effective. LeBron needs the ball to be effective. You know, you know, in, in on offense, um, I think, and, and so um, or it makes the most sense for him to have the ball to to have an effective team. And that first year, it was just weird and awkward, and the pieces didn't quite fit together. You know, it fit a lot better in in uh, in uh, Golden State when you know Steph doesn't need the ball to dominate. You know, he can be a, a spot up, couple dribble shooter. Clay doesn't need the ball to dominate, so like it's a lot easier to move the ball around and spread things around. But you know, you kind of saw that first year with Miami, LeBron, Dwayne Wade. Neither of them really knew when they should be taking over and when they should let the other one go. And I think that there is going to be a feeling out period. And maybe that's, you know, kind of this season, the next month and a half to two months, and then they'll make the playoffs and they'll all be ready and they'll, they'll be fine. Maybe it's, you know, this year through the playoffs and, and then next year they come back and you really hit the ground running, feeling like you've got a good plan. Uh, but I do think that they can figure it out. Uh, because look, they're they're just so immensely talented. I mean, with with Harden and and Durant, you're talking about two top five players in the league. Yeah, and and my guess is they're going to figure it out as well. Because you've, I mean, between Harden, Durant, and Kyrie, I mean, obviously they're they're super. Where would you put Kyrie? Top twenty? You've got three yeah, top twenty so. guys on on the roster. Um, you know, players win games. We we know that. 
Um, but I, I think there is going to be an adjustment period. Let me let me put it that way. I, I I do think they'll figure it out because they're they're uber talented. It just seems like a strange fit to me. I see that you're wearing an NBA Jam I am. T-shirt, by the way. I I was going to point this um, out. Do you like it? It's a uh, it's I it's, do DT and and Draz and, and Petrovic. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So given the current Nets roster, who are you starting? Oh, Harden and Durant. Harden, oh, Harden, Harden and Durant. And Durant obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Right, which so is hilarious. How does Kyrie because... <laughs> feel about that? Because Kyrie wanted to get away from LeBron because he wanted his own team and he wanted to be the guy and he wanted to handle the. Bu- That's what I mean. Like there is going to be some sort of transition period, right? Some some sort of you know they they're going to have to get used to all this. And I think of the three, Kyrie's going to have to sacrifice. You know the most. Sac- yeah, he's going to have to. He's and- going to have to because he's he's not the guy. I mean he's he's not even. He's not even the second best player on that team now. And, and right. that was this whole thing with LeBron. He wanted to go somewhere and be be the best player. And the thing that I'm interested in, and we'll, we'll talk about this later, and Steve, you and I, maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. There are two things that I wonder if it forced them, forced the issue and pushed them to go make this trade. One is they saw Kevin Durant and were like, oh, my God, he is Kevin Durant again. Right? Like, oh, wow, he is still top three player in the league. He is that good coming off that injury. And the other is, did they see Kyrie Irving wandering away and just kind of be like, mm, maybe you can't trust that guy. You know, don't don't know that we can trust that he will, uh, you know, yeah. be, be there and we need somebody else. But um, we we can talk about that later. But uh, good, good to have you back. And Jordan wants me to play a, a live reaction from our audience, I think. Um, because uh, come Monday, there's going to be no more Seth. So um, I, I hope that they want Steve. I hope people keep listening <laughs> once you're once you're not here. But uh, we are going to miss you, my friend. And uh, I do look forward to to doing the show tomorrow. Yeah, I'm um, looking I may have forward to lay down well. during part of it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try <laughs> to fight my way through for you. Yeah, maybe you can like set it up in uh, you know maybe maybe you could set it up in uh, in an office next door. Is there like a leftover couch from uh there from the, bri- couch Bridge the Street? I may have to yeah. find that. Yeah. <laughs> You can just lay down, set the mic up. That sounds like a nice plan. Uh, all right, we'll we'll go. talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for for jumping on, and uh, hopefully you, you're still uh, you know starting to feel better and uh, ready to roll tomorrow. All right, I appreciate it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, that's Stephen Fonte. We'll have Mario Sacco joining us coming up in just a couple of minutes. We got Alan Griffin coming up in twelve, uh, and plenty more throughout the afternoon. I'm with you until two o'clock here on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. Personal file, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. We continue on Orange Nation. Seth Goldberg, Mario Sacco with you up until 2. Time for today's business. We'll bring in Jordan, our producer. Jordan, what do you have for us? Oh, no, Jordan. How you guys doing? Oh, there you are. Okay, there you are. Going once, going twice. <laughs> what do you All got, right, Jordan? Well, let's get this started with the 
biggest story that we've had. It was yesterday. We're bringing it over to today. Of course, James Harden landing with the Brooklyn Nets. Also in that deal, Victor Oladipo is going to end up on the Rockets. The Rockets are getting some picks. Karis LeVert to the Pacers. The Cavs get a couple of guys. What are you guys thinking? How's this going to work out? Who's the winner? Who's the loser? So, I... um. I think that this is going to work out significantly better than the Nets-Celtics trade that it's been compared to quite a bit here. Um, I, I think that it makes a whole lot more sense. Yes, you're giving up a lot of picks, but but you're trading for somebody who is still in his prime, or if you don't think he's in his prime, it's at the tail end of his prime, versus Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce who were not anywhere near their primes once you traded for them. You're also trading for somebody who's got multiple years left on his deal, whereas KG and Paul Pierce uh, were much closer to free agency when you traded for them. And you're adding a, a top five player in the league, which I don't think you would argue Paul Pierce was at any point in his career, and Kevin Garnett was for probably for a time. Uh, but, you know, not not when you got them. And so I think that this is going to go a lot better than that trade. Uh, the pick swaps, I think, are going to be essentially meaningless for the first couple of years yeah. of this. Um, you know, the, the last one and two, one or two pick swaps might mean something, but I think the first couple are going to be meaningless, and you're going to be talking about giving away picks in the in the mid to high 20s. I, I don't think this is that bad a deal for the Nets. Um, the, the bigger curiosity, the bigger question that I have is what does it look like on the court? You know, if it, how does it work on the floor versus what they gave up? That's, that's the question for me. I, I think you're going to see if, you know, down the line, year three, four uh, of, you know, the back end, if they're not successful, then that, that Brooklyn team, the Brooklyn, you know, organization, it's going to be kind of tied, so to say. Um, but as you mentioned, on the basketball court, how will James Harden be able to react now that, that he's not the focal point? Yes, he had a Russell Westbrook. Uh, with them, but now that he's not the man, after leaving Oklahoma City and, and going to Houston, he was the man down there, and you know MVPs and, and whatnot, what he's been able to do, and now he comes to a team where there's three guys that that you could call the man, and and is he going to be the one bringing up the floor? What what's interesting is he's got a guy when he played with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook wasn't that shooter that Kyrie Irving exactly. Is. Russell Westbrook could get to the hoop and, and, and could score at will, and, and that was his game, and he, he facilitated his game that way. Well, now he's got a guy like Kevin Durant that, that he can kick the ball to, and, and Durant can go to work and you know catch and shoot. And give it to Kyrie, who can hit that pull-up in, in the mid-range, or he, he can get to the hoop. So he's got a, a lot of different options that he had just with a Russell Westbrook in Houston, and I think he's going to fit in perfectly down there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll work. I really do. I think it will work out. And, you know, I think that what you're going to see is is guys motivated to make it work. Um, you know, I think that James... I, I preface that if Kyrie plays, yes. you know, we haven't well, seen him play. Here well, so that's, that's what I was going to say. You know, I, I wonder what Kyrie is going to do, but I would imagine that adding a player of that caliber, um, it might kind of push him to get back on the floor. Or it's either that. Look, there are two polar opposites on this. It either pushes Kyrie Irving to get back on the floor, be a part of this team, and realize that you can win a championship, or the Nets did it because they think that Kyrie's never coming back, and it put a, a greater sense of urgency on getting a second player to go with Kevin Durant. I mean, I think it's one or the other. 
But what what doing this also does, Mario, um, it also increases the likelihood of like keeping Kevin Durant around. You know, because in theory he can opt out yeah. of his contract after next year, and so yep. it, it increases the likelihood of keeping him around because you've gone and showed him like, hey, even if Kyrie's not here, right? Like, just assume like. Kyrie's not going to be doing the basketball thing. Like, at least you've got that guy. At least you've got James Harden. Whereas before, if you didn't have Kyrie, yeah, that that roster's nice, but what is it without Kyrie Irving? Are they a five seed in the East? They're certainly not championship contenders. Now you are. Yeah, and that's what I said. Look at the back end of year three and year four because of, you know, Durant and what he can do. Uh, with his contract and, and you know, a key piece to that that Nets team uh, I mean Levert was was a good basketball player and, and you know and, and you're you're giving him up but you're giving him up for a guy that you want to come in and will he have to score you 35 a game now and everyone says there's not going to be enough basketballs in the gym for for those three to to shoot you know They'll make it Harden, work Harden's going to get Harden's going to get his shots but he's not going to have to be that guy to, to score 35 a night, you know? No. He was still averaging double-digit assists this year, you know, or, or around it. Right. I mean, none of them have to be the guy who's taking 30 shots a game. Look, if somebody's hot, if somebody's feeling it, then, yeah, you keep feeding them. You keep getting them shots. You and, keep and getting them the ball. But on a regular basis, Durant you don't shows, need to plan that. for that. Right. Yeah. You don't need and to Durant, plan Durant for that. Durant showed that in his career. You know, he, he had a guy in Curry. He had, he had you know, Thompson that, that – that, you know, if he realizes a guy's hot, you know, he doesn't have to be that guy. And I, I just think it all predicates on Kyrie and what he's thinking right now. We saw, you know, all throughout this pandemic, you know, what his stance are and, and and stuff of that nature, and especially what the NBA did yesterday. And I don't know if you have George Hill in here, his comments of, you know, saying, I'm going to do what I want. Well, you know, that, that's not the attitude you want out of players in the NBA right now. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it remains to be seen where Kyrie is. But if Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and, and James Harden are playing on the same team, um, man, championship contender right off the bat. They, they are that good. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, what else you have for us? The record for the most expensive sports training card of all time has been broken. A Mickey Mantle baseball card just sold for five point two million dollars that uh beats the record from about five months ago of 3.94 million for a mike trout rookie card you guys can say your piece on that but i'm interested to know you guys collect any trading cards you got any binders at home oh my god yes i have i have more binders than than you could imagine back home that i've always wanted to see you know how much they're worth i got I, my brother and i used to share them so uh we have griffey's rookie card uh you know I have Mario Lemieux's rookie card. You know, you name it. I got a couple of good ones. The funny story about trading cards, guys, my dad used to collect them. Um, and and back in the day, they put them in shoe boxes um, back home. Well, my grandma got so mad at my dad one day that my dad had a, a Roberto Clemente rookie card. And my grandma got so mad at him, she went and grabbed the shoe box, dug a hole in their garden. No. And threw them all in the garden so yeah that could have maybe paid off my washington jefferson loans that i'll be paying until 2087 no yeah i <laughs> that's awful i i have shoe boxes full of cards uh they i was uh 
I, 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 I don't know what it was, but when I was a kid, like I organized them way too much. I, I had post, I have post-it notes in these. I have post-it notes in these shoeboxes separating each card by team. So it's like I have a Yankee section and a Dodgers section and an Orioles section and a Cubs section. Ours, it's ridiculous. Uh, that's a little more. Mine was just my sport. I was basically, we were football, hockey, and baseball. Or, um, my more so, more hockey and baseball. <laughs> Yeah, no, baseball cards are the best. Um, there were a couple of uh, and Paulies coming in. Does Pauly? I mean, Pauly obviously has baseball card stories, right? Um, there was a a set of cards I got that had like a grit. It was like I bought one of those boxes that you would like just pick a card out, a, a pack out of. Yeah. But I got the whole box, and I got like a Griffey rookie, a, she- a Gary Sheffield rookie, a Randy Johnson rookie, um, and a Billy Ripking card. John- uh, yeah. Do you know the Billy Ripking card? That that is famous. Yeah, that the, the, that has bat, a four a four bat. letter word. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got yeah. one that had a white box over that word on the knob <laughs> of the bat. Uh, so that those those are some of the one the, some of the cards that I remember. Yeah, what do you have, Polly? Yeah. What are you Rick? in here for? I opened a Michael Vick signed card in the shop. Like opened it up in the shop and pulled <laughs> it out, and it was like one of fifteen. I still have it. <laughs> And the shop owner offered me $500 on the spot for the card. And I said, no, it's now worth like $15. So, $15 yeah. or $1,500? $15. Oh, so you should have done it. Yeah, I, I blew it. <laughs> I thought he was coming to tell me to leave. Polly, I only got a couple more minutes here. Give me a <laughs> No, and I don't, pulling the plug on me. I, I don't think Mario. I, I don't think Paulie's kicking you out just yet. But Paulie is leaving, which uh, I'm sure the Belafonte on our, our Twitch channel uh, will, will approve of. Um, I'm definitely a, a sports memorabilia person, uh, more so than even baseball cards. Like I got baseball cards when I was younger, and there was a place in my Do you town. Catch yourself though, not being able to, to get rid of them. I, my my wife has been hammering me for the last two weeks. I got boxes that my parents have brought up to me of sports memorabilia. It's like a, a, a Mario Lemieux clock that I have right. or uh, two Cincinnati Reds wooden bats that you, you get at games. I just can't get rid of them. <laughs> I, call me a hoarder, no, a sports I hoarder. Don't, I don't get rid of that stuff. And my bedroom when I was a kid at my parents' house, um, I was hanging up like signed photos everywhere possible in my room. Um, and my room has since been redone and made into like an adult room. Uh, you know, rather than a kid's room. Same here. That's why they took everything out. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I that's what I was going to say. So I, had- I, I went from having yeah. like, I went from having maybe like 20 or 20 to 25 signed pictures hanging on the wall to I now have four. And so I, I just have all these other things somewhere in my house and in my parents' house. And they're just like sitting in the basement somewhere. I'll bring it back to the, the mantle card. You, you talked about, you know, you used to have 20, 30 things. I have two things now, and they sit in, in our office upstairs slash spare bedroom. It's an Arnold Palmer signed picture uh, to me um, it, when he was going through his treatments in Latro. And then I have a, a Mickey Mantle, um, you know, blown up black and white. Uh, pretty cool picture are, are the two things, like the, the, the two things that have made their uh, mark from my room to, to my house. Very nice, very nice. Jordan, what else you got for us? I think we have time for one more. Well, we'll go out of order then. Uh, Mario, I saw, heard you mention Mario Lemieux earlier, so let's talk about the NHL season, which started up last night. Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers are sharing a Syracuse 
affiliation, and Tampa Bay beat Chicago 5-1. Uh, Penguins also lost to the Flyers 6-3. You guys hyped for hockey, and Mario, are you a little upset about that Penguins loss? or? Yeah, I mean, yes, it's one of 56 games, but yes, I'm uh, you know super excited for hockey. The Sabres play tonight, and uh, Tampa Bay is, is everything uh, that we saw last year with, with that hockey team. I watched a, a majority of that game last night. Matthew Joseph, uh, you know, filling in a role uh, with Kucherov out. He, he's stepping into the lineup, uh, and they played very well against the Blackhawks. As for Pittsburgh against Philadelphia. The good part was out of that hockey game, the, the Syracuse and Cicero native Joel Faraby had a big night. You know, one goal, three assists. He was outstanding in his second year. Um, so I guess that was the plus side. They play each other again on Friday. So uh, hopefully it goes the Penn's way. Always good to see the local kid, though, doing well. Uh, let me know when those games outside in Lake Tahoe are, and I'll uh, I'll tune in for <laughs> for a little bit. Um, you know that's right. that's kind of that's kind of my hockey viewership. I want to see those games being played right out on the water. Like that's going to look so nice with the lake in the background, with the mountains out there. It's going to be amazing. As for the the crunch, I can't wait for them to get back on the ice here in a week. They uh, hopefully should be having training camp. So be able to hear more from them here uh in the week or two yeah no no question about that they they've got to get going soon the season starts in uh what three weeks from tomorrow right yeah february 5th and, and as you know uh howard dolgan said roughly playing you know between 20 to 30 games this year and and likely without fans which is a shame and you know it, it's just trying to get these guys more work um the, the younger guys the boris kachuks and, and and stuff like that why don't we take time out here? We'll come back, wrap up the show with something else that I saw on today's business, and I'm seeing more information about on Twitter here during uh, our, our show. We'll get to that next to wrap things up on Orange Nation. On today's business, and I'm seeing more information about on Twitter here during uh, our, our show. We'll get to that next to wrap things up on Orange Nation.